This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, hello there and welcome to the Betting Weekly Extra Time UEFA Nations League semi-final preview show with myself, Steve Wiss. I'm joined by Jack Wright. How are you doing, sir? Absolutely superb. Thanks, Steve. Pleasure to be on the show with you. I was about to pour myself a nice mojito in this beautiful summer sunshine that we're having, but I'm making do with a little glass of water for now. Well, you are you are a very healthy man, and I know you're in training for for various different things. So uh, we'll let you off. We'll Thank let you off much. that. It's um, I mean, it's weird, you know, this time of year now. Football, soccer tends to be. I mean, we're on this summer break in Europe, yet there's still this round of Europe of, of international matches. Yeah, which I, I think everyone kind of wants them get on with it and, and get them over with, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. But amongst all this, we've got some really important European qualifiers. Check out the um, the show um, in the next few days there that we're actually doing with Dan Roebuck. But UEFA Nations League, semi-final, we're at. We've got two matches to talk about here. We've got the Netherlands against Croatia, and we've also got uh, Spain against Italy. All, all these matches are actually hosted in the Netherlands. And uh, the silverware at stake. And, um, I mean, it's not major silverware, but it's still a chance to win something. The, the Nations League's been a great addition to UEFA, I think. So, uh, basically, two semi-finals. The winners of those uh, meet in uh, the final. I don't think there's a third-place playoff, is there, Jack? You might know better than me. I don't um, know better than you. I actually don't know. If there is, it's probably the least, the least contested game of football ever. Might need to do a bit of research while we're, we're sort yeah. of on air for that one. But we'll start things off, actually, by uh, it's Netherlands against um, Croatia. Now, this match is being held in the Kuip in Rotterdam. So there's sure to be a fantastic atmosphere here. I personally think this is the best stadium in the in the Netherlands, I think, for atmosphere and everything like that. So the fans are going to get right behind uh, the Netherlands. They are the favourites. Um, in general, around about, I think it's like plus 100 yeah, plus 100 in 90 minutes um, to to get the job done. Um, I don't know what you think about it. First of all, let's talk about the match odds. Plus 100 yeah. Netherlands, the tie plus 240, Croatia plus 285. Where's your sort of read on, on the match result inside 90 minutes? Well, you kind of mentioned it a moment ago, and I was going to ask you effectively a question surrounding that, is that I find this really, really tough to call not necessarily because of the two sides that are playing, although I think they're very evenly matched and they're both suited to the Netherlands playing at home. They've got a very, very strong home record. 
And I think Croatia are better suited to playing away. So I think that makes it tough in itself. But the fact that we've got obviously all those extenuating circumstances that we have to take into account here, the weather you mentioned as well already, about 30 degrees in Rotterdam during the day. Um, tomorrow this game kicks off, isn't it? It's 8.45 p.m. local time. So it will be a bit cooler. But I had a quick check and it's still going to be about due to be about mid-20s tomorrow at that time. So 7.45 UK time and 2.45 Eastern time. So I think that plays a little bit into it. Of course, we know we've had the the mid-season World Cup. Um, Both of these sides were heavily involved in that, with Croatia finishing third. Netherlands were out of the group, um, got out of the group stages, didn't they? Knocked out in the knockout stages. So that comes into it. And of course, an elongated season at either end for all these key players to have been playing in. So I think once you take all that into account, it makes, for me, really hard to read either the the kind of traditional markets. Who's going to win? Will it be a draw? Over goals? Under goals? You know, because I can see it going both ways. Players being tired, um, either therefore not creating too much or being tired and giving away lots of chances. So I find that side really hard to read. How about yourself? I agree with you. I think when, when we talk about heating matches, they can either result in damp squibs like nil-nils or wild sort of games where there's a lot of goals because there's mistakes and things like that. Players not as focused compared to normal. It's, um, you know, it's interesting. I think the Netherlands are going to be fired up a bit more because they're actually, they're the host nation for these yeah. uh, final few games. There is actually, I've just looked, there is a third place playoff game, which oh, is ridiculous. Joy. Absolutely Good luck, ridiculous. Yeah, avoid that one. that one at all costs. Um, I think you want to win this game just so you're not in that one, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a good, <laughs> right? a good driver. It's a good driver. Sure, you, you, there's a saying in betting, though, isn't there? International football recently over the last decade, you don't want to bet against Croatia in international mm, football no. because no. they're really such a solid team. Like yeah. they just find ways to get results. They're incredibly underrated. So, you know, if I actually had to stick my neck out, I would actually take them on the plus half Asian handicap uh, inside 90 minutes. But it's not something I'd be confident with because the Netherlands, you know, are at home. They might just be a little bit more pumped up but there are some saying that this is the last chance for Croatia's golden generation yeah. to win a trophy it's not a major trophy but it still is a trophy you'd take it let's just yeah. say that but the, the, the two previous two winners of this France and Portugal that's not bad you know no. um so this is um, kind of the Europa is... Conference League of, of international football trophies isn't it it, it certainly is um because <laughs> it gets you before it gets you through to, to qualification doesn't it I think you have. I mean, it does help with like seedings and rankings. I think these. Mm. I mean, the, all these four teams don't need to worry too much about it. I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah. Although Italy, Italy actually have struggled, haven't they? In fairness, in, in certain qualifying recently. So maybe important. You're right with Croatia. Obviously, to... they finished third in the last two World Cups. Yeah. That speaks volumes for how they are. And again, I'm talking about them being being strong on the road. Both those tournaments were out of Croatia, so they were all road games for them, and they they managed to finish third in both those. And interestingly, in their na- in the Nations League qualification or in the group stage, they played two home games to kick off the campaign. They lost at home to Austria, which was a, a poor result and would you- you'd make you think would lead them to struggling to-, to qualify. Then they drew at home to France. Then they won the next four games, which three, of course, were away from home to top the group and get to where they are now. So you can see that won't hold any fears of going to, to um, the Netherlands, but the Netherlands have won eight of their last nine at home, so as I said, that this makes this one a real well a real pick'em really for me, um, and it's interesting to see that Zlato Dalic is already the Croatian manager has already said this is the toughest game in the tournament going to play the Netherlands away, 
um, you know, on home soil there. So tough one to call. And, and you're, you're going to avoid that market as official tip? Yeah, I'm not getting involved in, in, in those markets uh, myself. Uh, over two and a half goals, interesting here, at plus 120, which might catch um, the eye of a few people. Um, there's a change of manager, of course. We've got to talk about this the, the, since the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Ronald Koeman is back in charge for the Netherlands. I think he took charge of two fairly easy qualification matches um, a couple of months ago. But uh, there are some who believe you know, he's not quite the same class and level of, of, as the previous manager. What well, Van Hal. Yeah, Van yeah. Hal got them through, didn't he? They absolutely mm. smashed through the qualification in this, this um, Nations League. They picked up 16 points from 18 in qualification. They were the top goal scorers and no one bettered their goal difference as well. Plus eight they ended on. Um, and then obviously had a, an indifferent World Cup. I think they started pretty well and then they just kind of ran out of steam a little bit as it went on, it's, uh, it seemed. Koeman started with a 4-0 defeat um, against France. France battered them. And then Gibraltar was the, the next one, which they obviously won. Uh, that's the game where they had like 50 shots. And I wasn't exact. That's not me exaggerating. They did have 50 shots in that one, and kind of limped to a three 0 win, if that's such a thing. But again, for those of you un, not not so familiar with Gibraltar as a as a nation in uh, in European soccer, then they're ranked 201 in the world by FIFA. Not too many sides below them in the in the world rankings. So uh, not the best result. And uh, I think they'd be keen to to, to in front of their own fans certainly put a bit of a show on and, and uh, so lift some silverware. Yeah, Gibraltar actually uh, were a plus 5.75 Asian handicap underdog <laughs> in that fixture. So they they covered it with, with, with relative ease, but you're absolutely right. In international terms, they're not, unlike their geographical reference, they're not rock solid, are they? Oh, um, yeah. It's uh, nice. It's, it was a di- I know a lot of people lost on that game, despite Netherlands winning 3-0. So many yeah. were, were on their team totals and goals and handicaps and, and all sorts of that. A little bit of team news before we move on to the picks. Um, the Netherlands can confirm Matis Delit is ruled out injured on yeah. the eve of this game uh, in training. Memphis Depay is a casualty for Croatia. Josko Gvardiol is ruled out and Marco Livakia is also not going to play. So, and key men there, no, aren't they? Yeah, both. Yeah, they are. For the Netherlands. Mm. And the other one in that as well is that for the Netherlands, you've got Denzel Demfries, very key as a wing back for them. And Nathan Ake were both in the Champions League final on Saturday night. So, especially Ake, what state's he going to turn up in? Have they ruled them out of this one already? You know, he'll still be in his Man City kit come by the time they uh, he, re- he reports for training um, with a beer in his hand, um, allegedly. Uh, but, yeah, I think so. some key players out there, definitely out, and then some you know, possible very doubtful ones as well, given the circumstances. So the, the team lineups would be interesting. And obviously my pick is is on the basis of, of Depay being out. Yeah, it looks like the projection is that Dumfries and Nathan Ake will both start for the Netherlands and also Marcelo Brozovic, who was involved uh, in that uh, Champions League final, yeah. expected to start for Croatia. So no rest for those because they're such key <laughs> men for their own countries, basically. Hmm. You know, uh, it's not like, you know, France or England where they've got an abundance of, you know, fullbacks or whatnot. The, these no. guys, if, they re- if they're deadly serious about the competition, they've got to be starting. So, yeah, you mentioned yeah. that you've picked. Let's start with your pick for the game, Jack. Um, take it away. 
Yeah, it is Gakpo, uh, Cody Gakpo to score any time for the Netherlands based on the fact that Depay will be out. It's very likely that I'd imagine Gakpo will play that kind of number nine role, that, that central striking role. Uh, I think he, he lit the World Cup up at the start of the, the tournament, scored in each of his first three games. In fact, all the group stage games. Um, and, and then uh, say it's uh, obviously before his big move to Liverpool. I think the, the move to Liverpool was OK. I think it's always quite tough to come in, especially mid-season to the Premier League and just yourself to the pace and the power of the game uh, in England. But I think he did OK. Um, scored in his last game as well, that 4-4 draw with Southampton. He was on the bench that day, came off um, with about 33 minutes to go and and hit the back of the net. So that will give him a bit of confidence. And his last 90 minutes was on the 20th of May. So unlike all the players we've been talking about, I feel that he's going to be one of the freshest outfield players on there. And we know he's got explosive pace. And we saw him in the World Cup that he can he can tear teams apart. And obviously what he's done previously in, in playing his domestic football in Holland he was absolutely sensational. So um, I'm taking him here. He's plus 200 to get on the score sheet at any time. His, his stats for the Netherlands are, are pretty strong. Um, he's he's played 755 minutes for them, scored four goals. So it's one every 188 minutes. So we can pretty much call that one every other game, which isn't a bad record for someone who's been playing little bits and parts you know, initially. And now he's a key member of the side with the confidence. And I think it'll be the key man here if if uh, the Netherlands are going to get on the score sheet against this this tough Croatian side. But with the home advantage, I'd fancy him to do that. I fancy Netherlands to do that. So he looks the key man for me here for them to go and get the win. And I'm sure Kuman will pump him up to do that. So yeah, plus 205, actually. I think the price is on that for him to score any time. Yeah, a bit of value to start the uh, the show off here. I mean, that does look a big price for someone who is... Going to be leading the line for the Netherlands here. Um, and he's quite a lightly raced horse, isn't he, in the last few months as well. Yeah. He's not going to be... You know, Liverpool didn't have a backlog of fixtures. I don't think he was starting all the time. He should be actually be quite fresh compared to certain players uh, on this field. He's actually plus 480 to be the first goal scorer for those who do like to get in that mar- involved in that market as well. So, yeah, my pick for the game for this one is actually both teams to score at minus 105. And um, it, the absence is really have influenced me here a bit when both teams are missing a key center back um in delit and uh, gradiol gradiol especially i think is yeah. a, is a really important player for croatia i wouldn't i mean he was one of the best players in the whole world cup he's one of the best up and coming prospects center backs in the whole world so Already, I'm thinking that Croatia, a defence which can be solid, uh, is vulnerable. The, the Dutch should get on the score sheet here. Probably the, the bigger concern might be Croatia scoring, but I, I don't trust Ronald Koeman as a manager. <laughs> I, I just don't um, trust him to keep it tight enough, really, um, to be honest with you. Um, they, they, they lost 4-0 against France in, in March in the qualifiers. Now, OK, this is a different sort of match entirely you know Croatia are not as good as France but they're not they're not that bad and I just think the way that Koeman plays is not as quite as tactically um, disciplined as Van Gaal can be uh, in, in some past Dutch teams and uh, I think it could be a bit of a potential frenzy the only worry like you said at the start of the show is if um, if we do get a situation where the, the heat gets to the players and we get like start stop drinks breaks and we get like a nil nil Something and that it could happen. There's, there is a chance of that happening. I've seen matches go down this route, but as soon as someone does score a goal, the match will completely open up, and they've got to yeah. 
completely go the other way. So I think minus 105, I think look, I'd much rather take that than over two and a half goals because the one-all draw is definitely in play. Certainly um, is. For sure. So I'd much rather have that on my side than, uh, you know, pretend I don't see a three-nil anyway, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, minus 105 looked like a good price to me. Yeah, I like it. I agree with you as far as both centre-backs being out brings that well into play. And this is a do-or-die tie, isn't it? There's no goal difference in it. No one's going to benefit from... No one's going to want to draw, are they, either? Because even, you know, there's no point. And I say a, a, a goal certainly opens it up. But I say I think at all times is they're going to want to get, get it done with and get a win. Yeah. Uh, so we move on then to the second semi-final, which is being played on the Thursday. And uh, funny you mentioned beer um with uh, in in the last uh, match with the Nathan Ake because the the venue for this particular match is the Grolsche Vesta in uh, Enschede I think that's is that how you pronounce that city I'm te- I'm not very good with Dutch names I'm quite well, good with uh, worldwide names but I'm glad um, you brought that up because after your pun in the uh, Netherlands game I was I was all hell bent here to bring this one out of the bag with the weather being so good that I I read it initially as a really typical Brit that is just like single lingual. Uh, I thought it's Enshade. I thought, oh, Enshade, this is gonna be brilliant. It's opening it right up for me. But I did have a bit of research into it, and apparently it's Enshade. Wow, you sounded like Steve McLaren then. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Loved it. Absolutely, you can be the Dutch pronunciation man on. Um... On the because we win shows now. Um, I look forward to it. Enschede. Enschede. Brilliant. Um, anyway, yeah. Yes. So this is the home of FC Twenty in Busy. Well, thirty thousand, thirty thousand capacity. Uh, also, the venue of the uh, the playoff game between the, the third place game at the weekend. So Great. we've got Italy. Yeah, Italy against Spain, or Spain against Italy, as it's written down. This is, a, I think, a really tough fixture to predict. Um, personally, I, I, I actually struggle to get a read on both these two teams in, in normal play. Anyway, Spain are plus 133. The ties are short as plus 215. And Italy are plus 225. I think we all know which direction this match is going to go in terms of how it's played on the field. Spain are going to be passing the ball a lot, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, can you, bet on, can you bet on possession? Because if you could, then I'll be on the overs. Uh, yeah. For Spain, but um, actual match result inside ninety minutes again. Where you're leaning towards here, Jack? Again, this is, this sounds boring, Steve. We're both sitting splinter ridden on the fence, but it is very very tough to call because again, Spain have got a new manager. They're in transition, and the last six fixes between these two sides have been two wins apiece and two draws. So it couldn't get any more even. Um, again, l- tight games, not loads of goals, and generally won by the odd goal. Simple as that. So really, really tough. Um, obviously, generally an eye-catching fixture over the years. You know, we've seen it, haven't we, through the 80s for people of a certain age. And um, and then the golden generation of Spain used to them dominating. It's now a little bit, of say, transition for them. Um, they obviously had a little bit of a disappointing A little bit of a disappointing, uh, you know, World Cup campaign. Luis Enrique uh, ended, you know, his reign there, um, and now it's Luis de la Fuente's opportunity to come in, come up through the ranks, uh, under 19s, under 21s, 
And it looked like it was all systems go. 3-0 against Norway on his, his first game in charge. And then, I know a side that you like to oppose, uh, and you might have done on that occasion, uh, Scotland, massive underdogs, come out 2-0 winners. What do you make of that? I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you, because um, I, I certainly expected Spain to, to get the result there. I mean, you have to give credit to Scotland on the day. I think it can be a tough venue to go, can't it, when, when the crowd are behind yeah. them. But um, my problem with Spain is whoever the manager is, they, they have to play a certain way. And you know the style that's going to be on the floor, nice to watch. Pass, 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 pass. Not always... The problem with Spain, I think, in the last five, six years, in the final third of the field, they've actually lacked world-class players. Hmm. And what you could argue now, you know, again, do they re- They certainly don't possess that star number nine anymore. No, um, they, they kind of pass the pass in sake, it seems, rather than with a purpose. And Morata yeah. is probably their main focal point. And we know over the course of the last few seasons that he's flat to deceive on more occasions than not, hasn't he? Although, we know, you know, on his day, he's a, he's a decent striker, but consistently... Not for me. I'm actually going to stick my neck out here and I'm going to say this match ends in a tie inside Love. 90 minutes. Yeah, plus yeah. two, plus 220. You can get on that now. Um, it actually drifted as we're recording live on air. <laughs> that was but, enough to um, make you pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I'm not actually going to, t- it's not an official pick. No, but I think these two teams often. It wouldn't surprise me if it ends nil nil. Wouldn't surprise me if it ends one all. It feels like there's not going to be much between these two sides. You can get under two and a half goals at minus one sixty two, and that does feel about right. To be honest with you, yeah, um, I don't really see this being a glutton of goals here. Italy are a, a side that have obviously struggled in the last few years um, yeah. in World Cups. They won the European Championships. They have not had a great start to qualifying. Um, they Even lost, lost to England. England. Yeah, in Rome. No, it was yeah. Napoli. What, Naples, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the, Italy, Didn't I think... Didn't qualify for the World Cup, of course, did they? So that's where it, where it was. But then had a, did have a great Nations League campaign in a tough group, England, Germany. Mm. And I think they pipped Hungary on the last game of the, the tournament or the last game of the groups, didn't they, to, to obviously qualify for this. So, um yeah. Because they'd set the world record prior to that for games unbeaten, hadn't they? They'd gone that long, long stretch. In fact, it was Spain that finally ended that run at this stage of this competition last time out. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's um, a, a tough one to call. And so both sides are a little bit hit and miss at the moment, I think. Very much hit and miss. And perhaps Italy might have a little bit more motivation, maybe because they they want to prove a point, but... I think they had that chance against England, really, and they, they didn't look that great to me in that game. Um, they were dreadful first England. half. They improved second mm. half. But they were dreadful first half, I thought, Italy. And yeah. then they, they limped past Malta, didn't they, in the next one? Your pick for this game revolves around an Italian player, Jack. And you're involved in the player performance markets here. So uh, let's delve into this one. Yeah. Okay. Well, as hot as my Dutch accents are, my uh, Argentinian um, is is not so hot, or whatever variant that would be. And uh, why Argentinian? Well, he's an Argentinian player, Matteo Retegui, I'll go with, um, qualifies to play for Italy as a result, I believe, of his grandfather. Um, can't speak Italian. Hasn't stopped him as far as his uh, start to international football is concerned. 
Um, he's been, he's on, he's on Boca Juniors books, but he's been on loan for the last couple of seasons at Tigre, I believe in Argentinian top flight. He scored 29 goals in 43 games for them. Um, has been linked with a move to Inter Milan this summer. And I know the scouts been out to watch him. Uh, Mancini sent his son out to watch him to see if he was going to pick him for the squad ahead of the England fixture. And obviously got a glowing r- report back. And, uh, and and Julie picked him and, and he scored on debut. Uh, after the match, they asked Mancini about him. Uh, what did he know about him? What did he think about him? And rather than the usual case, we see managers kind of dampen down uh, expectations, etc. He compared him with Gabriel Batistuta, uh, Gabby Goal, as he was known. And so, for those of a sort of younger age, he was a prolific marksman for Argentina back in the day, um, and obviously played through a lot of clubs in Italy as well, didn't he? So, um, fantastic player. But that was his comparison. That's how he plays. Um, as I said, scored against England, and then followed up with a goal against Malta. After I think he opened the score in 15 minutes on the clock. So my actual play here isn't for him to score because so we've talked about how Spain will play. I think that will be a case of playing on the break for Italy and, and grabbing their opportunities when they can. Um, but I am playing him to have over one and a half shots here. So two or more shots. He had three against Malta, one on target, one goal. He had five against England, one on target, one goal. And we're getting... Really nice odds here. I was quite surprised to see this, and I really, really like it. For two shots or more, we're getting minus 114, and I think that's a cracking play for a a player in great form, scoring loads of goals, has made his mark, and possibly angling for a move, which I think I like as a driver for any player bets at this stage of the season, ahead of the summer transfer window, for this mega mark, score again from a national side, and uh, yeah. Over one and a half shots, minus one one four looks looks stand out to me. I must make the point that this bet will be settled via Opta data. Opta is, of course, the bible for these statistics in soccer. So, whatever they deem to be a shot, we have to <laughs> go with that. But that much of the fun is going on Twitter after that event and seeing everyone with screenshots of crosses from the halfway line. Go well, he's going to score there. But no, this this guy, we just need him to yeah attempt two shots. Could go row Z, could go top corner, could get blocked three inches from his foot. It doesn't matter um, as long as he's attempting a goal. Let's hope he'll have probably four or five here and it, it will be a much easier debate than that. But uh, yeah, they don't need to go in. They don't need to go on target, which can sometimes be more of a, a questionable feature. It's just having two or more shots. It does look a big price, actually, just for the starting striker. Just to have two attempts in the game, I must say, at minus 114 there. Matteo Retegri over one and a half shots. Uh, My my pick for the game, I'm going into the cards market. It has been working well for me on the recent Bet Rivers shows. So I'll stick with it. Over four and a half cards at plus 120. Uh, Always dangerous. It's your way for Nations League. So sometimes, you know, the players might not care quite as much. So you might might not see them getting stuck in as much as normal. But uh, end of the season, I think there could be some lazy tackles, to mm-hmm. be honest, Jack. I think there could be a case of, I really don't want to be bothered running around next to you, so I'll just bring you down <laughs> at the halfway line sort of thing. Um, and That's the referee crazy. for the occasion is going to help cards, I think. It's a Slovenian referee called Slavko Vincic, who I have seen some of his games, and he does have a tendency to lose control. 
in in fixtures, Jack. Um, we like that. The last time that uh, he was seen was in the semi final of the Euro- Europa League by Leverkusen Roma, and he dished nine cards in that right. game, six of them to Bayer Leverkusen alone. Uh, in the World Cup, he did Argentina Saudi Arabia. He dished six to Saudi Arabia alone in that fixture. Um, I've looked back. He actually has a history of targeting certain teams. I think if a if a team really gets <laughs> under his skin, he, he just starts giving cards to this yeah. specific team. And I think Italy could be that team here. They're the sort of they've got loads of players who are quite dirty, tenacious, and you know someone like Verratti is probably a banker to go into the book here. Um, the line is. I mean, I, I would much prefer taking over three and a half cards. But we can only get minus one sixty-seven on that, so I'll, I will take the the bigger price at plus one twenty-three on over four and a half. Uh, it's, it's a big part of this play is the referee. A big part of this play is that uh, you know Italy can be quite dirty. Spain, I'm not as convinced will go in the book as, as as much, but hopefully we can get a really feisty contest where I think I mean these are two proud nations. They should be giving it everything. Doesn't really matter what happens if you get booked or even red carded. Um, no. the ramifications are not exactly huge uh, here. In fact, if you got a ready, you're having some holidays early, aren't you, really? So um... <laughs> you might miss that third place playoff, Steve. And what, yeah. what a disaster that would be. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the cards will do me, Jack, um, at, at plus money. And uh, hopefully that can that can lead us to four out of four winners uh, on this show for the semifinals. 100%. I'd have been disappointed if you hadn't gone down the card route. One question I was going to ask you was the line on Italy alone. Have you got that to hand? Yeah, I do have it to hand, actually. Uh, it's over one and a half cards at minus 200 or over two and a half Italy cards at plus 145, which is, that is tempting a little bit. Mm. I actually thought about doing a parlay, same game parlay, both sides over one and a half cards. Mm-hmm. That was, that came at minus 113 and you would only, you would only need four cards if it was two each exactly. Yeah. Um, I like your way in personally because... I think Game State will, will dictate this one. Mm. Aside chasing it, the you know, professional foul, tactical foul, dark arts, and all that time wasting. Uh, if it's Spain, then you know you're going to you know you're you know, winning. Then they could pick up some surprising cards towards the end of the, the tie. We saw that with like Man City with Edison getting booked in the Champions League final. So I like your way in. It's a good one. Before we go, then let's have a prediction. Who's going to be in the final? Oh. I put you on the spot there, but I haven't. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it. I'm personally going to go. I'm going to go with Croatia against Italy as the final and the third place playoff, Netherlands against Spain. Yeah. Do you know what? This Netherlands Croatia one is the one that I'm I'm really uncertain about. I'm going to go for Spain to um, pass their way to the final. And. as you said, Croatia are going away. Netherlands. Yeah, interesting, uh, interesting pr- predictions there. But we put our neck on the block. Hope you've enjoyed the show, and uh, it was a pleasure, Jack, as always. Mate, great. Yeah, I love love uh, any show I'm on with yourself. Do you remember to check out all the team on at because we win, and of course, this betting weekly extra time show brought to you in association with Bet Rivers your hometown sports book. And uh, as I say, do gamble responsibly, but stay safe, take care, and good luck, whatever you're taking. Goodbye from us. See you later. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.